0: Center. That ball is gone. It's a monument park. What's going on everybody and welcome to the thirty-fourth episode of the Monument Park Podcast. Lately, Luke and I have been busy, but in our free time, we've spoken a lot about the Bronx bombers over the phone. We concluded that we didn't want to be redundant with our takes and waited an extra couple days before we sat down behind our computer screens and talked Yankee baseball. With the all-star break right around the corner and the trade deadline looming in the distance, we are back. Luke, how about the boys in the Bronx?
1: yeah they've they've kept up what we've expected and what we've seen this year. Bats are a little stagnant. Some guys have stepped up though. Still, nothing's really changed in overall, like where the team's at. I still think everything's the same, which is good. It's nice that we've been the same all the way through. We know we're good. We know things we have to fix, stuff like that. so it's definitely definitely been productive. We're kind of just killing time until. The trade deadline.
0: We are we really are killing time. And you know, yeah. Luke and I are talking, and it, it just didn't really seem like there was too much like motivation to jump into another episode. Cause it's like, do you guys want us to hop on here and tell tell you guys that we need Andrew Benedetendi? We need Ian Hap, we need Wilson. Like, we've said that stuff like five, six thousand times. So, like, what's the point? So, like I said, we waited a little extra time. I I'd say we have we have some some stuff to talk about. We have played a bunch of series since the last episode. Pretty sure the last episode, um, <clears throat> the first episode, or sorry, the first series was against Houston, and here we are playing against Boston. There's been a lot in between, but like Lou said, it's just been pretty stagnant. But, you know, first topic, we found out uh, the other day that Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton would be starting in the corners in this season's mid mid midsummer classic which is super cool happy uh to see judge made it obviously judge was the vote leader in the american league and stanton for the first time in a very long time is on the ballot as an outfielder and he gets voted in right right in front of george springer so i was pretty it was pretty cool to see that judge's fourth appearance stanton's fifth and you know the two guys, a little surprised
1: to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Stan's hitting like two thirty right now. Yeah, no, he's Stan... right in the middle of his cold streak, so it's like, yeah, a it is surprising. a
0: little weird. It is a little weird, and like you saw with like that final phase thing, you saw like Adam Duvall on the ballot hitting like two ten. <laughs> so you know, Stan's a very popular player. I feel like you don't have to like he's the like Stanton. I feel there are a lot of people that just like Stanton because he just hits moonshots and. He was very likable on the Marlins, so I don't think a lot of people um, stopped liking him after he went to the Yankees. So good to see that. And Stanton said that he would consider participating in this season's home run derby. He's from, I believe, California. Um, one of the teams that was on his no trade or his trade list was the Dodgers. So, you know, I would be totally for Stanton doing the home run derby again. So I'm do it in. I believe, 2016 in Petco Park when he was just hitting absolute bombs. Pretty sure he won it all. He definitely did. But, you know, a lot of people talk about the home run derby dilemma. You know, it's it's the the derby doesn't help you out. The derby screws up your swing. I don't think that pertains to Giancarlo Stan. I don't because he's one of those guys where it's like, he just gets in there and he's just like swinging. Like it doesn't – and right now, like he can't get any colder. So I'm totally for him doing the derby. I don't know. I don't know how Luke feels about it.
1: but Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to get to. Like obviously I just – I don't think – I think it's stupid. Like the whole festivities thing, I just don't really – like why are you doing it? But, I mean, it's fine if he's doing it because like you said – He's so cold. Like, every ball he's made contact with the last month has been a home run. Yep. So, it's just kind of his swing. Yep. So, in that regard, I don't really care. I just don't want him to get hurt, but he probably won't. It'll be fine. But, like, there's just – it's not like Judge doing it or, like, someone else doing it where they're hitting so well and it, like, messes with their rhythm. Yep. So, that's not really the worry with him. I just want everyone to – Stay focused and healthy, but I think it should be fine. It would be cool to see him hit a bunch of bombs in California this year. So, I you can't be upset.
0: I just want to see him beat Pete Alonzo.
1: I hate that guy, man. He can't win it again.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be cool if, uh, like his World Series. Yeah, (laughs) the one thing he looks forward to every year, not the playoffs, the home run derby. Um, I do think I do really want to see Stanton beat out Alonzo and. I, if your Don does it, I don't see how anybody beats that guy. I mean, he's, he's got the home run derby swing, but you know, I could, I I could see Stan winning it again. Stanton, like I've seen the guy take batting practice before. Like he swings so effortlessly, like he'll just like, he'll just go the other way, but he'll just swing all arms. I mean, that's all he is really. He's just swinging arms. Like he doesn't, his lower half is kind of like secondary, which is, you know, why Sometimes he gets out of rhythm, so I don't know. And we'll see today at 5.30 if the reserves – when the reserves come out, if Trevino cracks the roster, I'm afraid Christian Vasquez is going to grab that second catcher spot. He should. I John think he Haim. should be
1: fine. I think he should be fine.
0: Because um, Trevino is the leader in defensive run saved in Major League Baseball. Um, So there's that. And then Clay Holmes, pretty much a lock. Michael King, maybe. Probably not. They really fill up the all-star bullpen with closers. So Clay or sorry, Clay Holmes fits that brand, but not Michael King and, and probably Nestor. Maybe Garrett Cole. Probably not Garrett Cole. Probably probably just Nestor, just because he's Nestor. Um and you know, the next topic we wanted to jump into is just the Houston Astros. Um I think right now, where we stand right now, Houston's the better team. And if you want to, you know, throw it back, look at that four or five games that we played against Houston. There's two games that we did win. We, we won on like miraculous comebacks. Maybe the second one, you don't call it miraculous, but the first one was miraculous. I mean, I was, I was there to see it. They were down three runs going into the ninth inning and in Aaron Hicks. It's a three run game tying home run if that's not miraculous this season, I don't know what is. Um, the Yankees played poorly from the majority of those games. They they did. They couldn't they couldn't figure out any of the Houston starting pitchers. Christian Javier threw a freaking like threw a combined no-hitter against the Yankees, which is never fun at your home ballpark. Just couldn't touch him. And you know, after seeing that the yankees have to construct a lineup that will not flop against their unit like it has done so many times and i know there is a good chance that we finish with the number 1 seed in the american league but the world series runs through houston and i don't think there's really a debate there they are postseason you know performers they they all i bet you could go down their the entire roster and everybody has at least 2 years Pretty much, almost everybody has t- at least two postseason seasons under the under their belt, and with the way your Don Alvarez is swinging the bat, his OPS is hundred points more than Aaron Judge's. They're just that much scarier. So we'll see. I, I just I don't want to get to October, get to the American League Championship Series, and then go dead silent against the Houston Astros because I've just seen it one too many times. Luke, what are you? Do? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's like we're the top the top two teams by like Easy. a mile, like a mile. Like it's not close. And then I definitely think there is an argument that they are better. I also think looking back, we were at the end of like a 20 game in a row game streak. Like we just played the Rays, the Jays, the Rays again. Like it was the hardest part of our schedule, easily, yeah. and I think I knew that was going to come into play. And I definitely think us winning that miraculous game at the beginning kind of let us relax a little bit, and mm-hmm. almost let the series get away from us. But we had another comeback, so we were good on that. Yeah. And then the one game in Houston, I mean, like, what are you going to do? We're not, complete, we're not a complete. We're not a complete one. We're not complete lineup yet. Oh. Like, I'm not here. To, like, if they stay the same. Oh. I will not be confident at all, but I know that we're definitely going to get at least one more bat. And then when you have at least one more bat and you have the lineup at full strength, top to bottom, I think that we are definitely as good with a better bullpen. I think if we hit their pitch, like the starting pitching is really like the only significant edge they would have on us going into the playoffs if we update it in the bats. So I think that would be a comfortable place to be where we just have to come through and hit and we have guys that we didn't have last time we played them that come through in big spots and some of our other guys are maturing and stuff and I definitely yep. think we're we're in a good spot. It's not definitely not panic time or like worry time even. It's just we know we have to improve, which we knew before the series. So it's definitely not Something to be panicked about to see how that series played out, and I also wish like we kind of got robbed of another series with them with this one game, yeah. The double header, like, Mm -hmm. kind of annoying. It is, want to see it at like a normal, like a normal three game set in Houston would have been nice to see, yeah, just to see where we stack up. But I don't know, I mean, in past years, we've gone to Minute Made and beat them and then got washed by them in the playoffs, so I don't really hold like too much stock in any of this. I think it showed what we already knew about the team so I definitely didn't have much of a reaction to how that series went
0: yeah no the series I mean after after we split with them after we got that last walk off I was totally fine like I was I was breathing the the next game I went in thinking they were gonna lose and it bothered me I, I was so fine with losing that game I know that sounds weird but we just traveled one day to Houston like you can't expect the team to just – and I know Houston was flying back from New York as well, but that's their home ballpark. They slept in their own beds that night. We didn't. So there's that. But the trade the the night is August 2nd, and what really does concern me about Houston, and they're very aggressive uh, in late July and early August now, I guess, at the deadline time, is their biggest needs are catcher and first base. And they have Maldonado behind the plate who, you know, the pitchers love, great defensively, can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. And then you got Yuli Gurriel, who won the batting title last year but has just been horrible this year. Too old. I guess maybe too old. finally aged out, I think. Maybe. I guess he just – he may have just hit the wall. I don't know. But what concerns me is there are two guys on the market that I think they can afford, and the two names are – Wilson Contreras and Josh Bell and if the Astros bring in Contreras and Bell I don't think Bell's really going to be that expensive because you know I do believe he's on an expiring deal and if even if he isn't he's on the Nationals he's he's a first baseman first basemen aren't that expensive I mean it's Josh Bell he's a great player but he's not Freddie Freeman that kind of guy And then Contreras, dude, if you look at their lineup, punching in Contreras and Bell, I don't care who's playing in center field. That team is scary. I don't think there's a move we can make at the deadline that puts us over them if they do those two things. I really, I really don't. And, like, even if they go get Contreras and Hap, like, they're still, like, significantly better. And then they can just, like, slide Gurriel to the bench and, like, I know he hasn't been playing well, but he has really performed in the postseason. Like sometimes that just doesn't leave someone like Gleyber Torres. So, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about what they do at the deadline, and I don't want to be sitting at 3:45 on August second and find out that the um, Houston Asher traded for Josh Bell and Wilson Contreras right before the deadline ends because that's what happened with Zach Granke. And I know Zach Granke, you know, we hit him pretty hard that one year, but this is different you're getting a switch hitting first baseman who's hitting over three hundred with fifteen home runs ish, and then we'll, you know William Wilson Contreras. So I really don't hope. I really hope that doesn't happen because that that would just be a very scary sight.
1: Yeah, that would be really bad. Do you think I? I almost see them sticking with their catcher and Gary Allen trying to get Reynolds.
0: Maybe no, they, like
1: I could see that for sure. Yeah.
0: The scary thing about them is they, they've they got prospects.
1: they yeah, that's definitely, they have prospects. I think, what's going to happen, honestly.
0: And they call, recently called up um, Corey Lee, which was their top catching prospect, who's, I know, a top, t- top 50 prospect in baseball. And I know he can hit. So, you know, if he starts swinging the bat well for them, that would be unfortunate as well. Because that's just one less guy
1: they have to go get. So... Yeah, that Houston, would be brutal. Man. We need these NL teams to trade for some guys. Yeah. Need to outbid them, I guess. I mean, it's not even like we're competing for the same guys, other than I guess, Reynolds. Yeah. But I don't know. I hope they show some loyalty to Gurriel. I hope the pitching staff, they don't want to mess with that. Which honestly, if they brought in like if they brought in Contreras and it messed with the pitching, like there would be some pros there. If they get Brian Reynolds, it's a problem. Like, yeah, if they get any of these guys, like it's really significant because they're like kind of like us where they have the top half of their lineup and then the bottom, and their top is better than our top. And then so they fill in the bottom and we don't, it's kind of not.
0: Even just go- adding Josh Bell, like a switch hitting first baseman who just hit bombs. Like, I don't yeah. want
1: that. I I would be okay. Like I'd be, I'd rather Josh Bell than uh, Reynolds for sure.
0: Reynolds. Obviously. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah.
1: That's just like,
0: I I haven't heard too much about Reynolds and Houston, like like with substance there, but I I have heard. Cont- they're they're or interested Ch- in Contreras Ch- and Bell, so. I mean that that alone is just bad if that, you know, kind of comes to fruition. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. I,
1: that would be bad head. news. Can't even can't. There's no sugarcoating that if they add bats in spots where so.
0: even if we get Brian Reynolds and they add those two guys, it's yeah
1: no. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Nah. Like I don't know yeah. if there's a move that we Whoa. can go make that's
0: like gonna put us over the top.
1: Gurriel's alone. still part of their like top, even though he's mm. hitting like two. You no, don't. He's, he's where's he hitting?
0: He's hitting low. Not low, low, like
1: stat-wise, but like he's no, no,
0: no, no, no. He's hitting low in the lineup. Jazz
1: McCormick, uh, All right, the catcher. No. Yeah, like who else is bad? Anybody?
0: It's it's who's ever playing center field. Um, either it's Myers McCormick. Even McCormick's a pretty solid fielder and can hit a little bit, but McCormick Myers, and then.
1: Maldonado and Gurriel, but like everybody else hits. Don't they have? But if Alvarez DHs, don't they have two kind of weird outfielders? Um,
0: I Alvarez has been playing a lot of left field. Like that's been what's want. what's really different. He,
1: did he did he get voted as an outfielder or DH?
0: He was in the DH, but Let's see. he's been playing. Let's see how many
1: games he's played? He's been playing. I mean, the last game. one I saw, he almost like died. Ooh, sorry about that.
0: But uh, someone just fell. I know. If you look at fan graphs, like the Astros are. If you look at their depth chart, this is probably the most reliable depth chart you're going to find. Um...
1: Yeah. I mean, he's played 30 games and 33 games in the outfield this year. That's like what? Like a little less than half. Yeah. I that... mean, I don't know what the. Yeah. Because I could definitely see them getting an outfielder, but then just DHing Alvarez and still. Having kind of some holes. Yeah, no, so it wouldn't ba- be good, but it wouldn't be like tragic either, I think.
0: Basically, it what the- it looks like right now is Maldonado behind the plate, Guriel at first, El at second, Pena at short, Bregman at third, Brantley in left, Myers in center, Tucker in oh, okay. right, with Alvarez as the DH. I forgot
1: about Brantley. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I was missing. So I was like oh. doing it in my head. I mean, but yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's like Guriel's getting older. Brantley's old. Bragman's been weird. Like, there is a path. There is a path. It would just be really bad if they got a couple more bats. I don't know. Yeah. Brantley's yeah. like down years, hitting like 290. So it's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, they're. And I don't want to talk about them any longer because I just. I'm just getting scared talking about them. But they're going to be an issue if they make they just fill the holes. That's, that's okay. all we have to say. Um, Moving on Nestor Cortez and Jamison Tyone two two guys that were looking like who were neck and neck and ERA in the top of the American league. They were some of the best pitchers in the, you know, in, in the beginning in the American league and you know, Nestor's ERA still pretty dang low, but their last seven, seven outings, they haven't been good. Nestor has been human. He's got a 4 2 ERA across that seven-start span. He's allowed 37 hits in 35 and two-thirds innings. Seven starts, 35 innings. It's about five a start, but 37 hits in 35 and two-thirds. JMO, on the other hand, been worse, 5-1-2 earn run average, giving really up bad. 46 hits across 38 and two-thirds innings. I mean, this is the first time we've seen – JMO being bad since before that Philadelphia start in June of last season. I mean, he's been nails pretty much ever since, and now he's he's having a stretch where it's like, all right. So the Yanks just keep on winning. I believe JMO's four and one in his last seven with a five one two ERA. I mean, he's four and one, and Esther's three and two with a four two, two nine ERA. Those are both winning records, but like I was saying to Luke before the podcast, it's like the Yankees are getting away with things because they've just been playing so well. But when you look at it individually, I've sort of, it's made me reassess what we need and how we should look in the postseason. And Luke and I have talked a lot about, you know, the postseason rotation where Nestor, you know, sits in that and Something that I think the Yankees should consider and what they should, you know, do in the postseason is put Nestor in the Julio or the Julio Urias role. Something that I like to call that Julio Urias role, because in the 2020 expanded postseason. You had to win a lot of games. You, you, You had to win so many games to get it, you know, at the top and the Dodgers rode Julio Urias, who's a star Southpaw starting pitcher. Out of the bullpen. And the Southpaw accumulated 13 to third innings out of the bullpen that postseason allowed four hits struck out 15 and didn't give up a single earned run. He also made two starts, but like I said, you needed to have a deep rotation. He needed to come in, but I'm not saying that Nestor Cortez has to go into the postseason and be that lights out. He won't be. I, you can't sit here and, and, and try to try to prove that. But for someone who has experienced pitching relief combined with his like unorthodox ways on the Hill, I think he could be super valuable for the Yankees in a long relief role. And let's not look past that. Nestor has never pitched more than 93 innings in a season. He's already at 87 or 88. So after the All-Star break, Yankee fans should really expect, you know, a lot less Nestor Cortez to help save her his arm for the games that, you know, count the most. So Nestor, he's he it's a, it's a spot in the season where he's been struggling lately. Maybe the Yankees are obviously they're taking a look at his innings. Get him off his feet a little bit, rest his arm a little bit. Don't show him to every other team cuz we've said it a lot. Nestor is a guy who thrives on the unknown. And when he's, you know, on like the other team has no idea what's coming when we've seen Nestor pitch against teams multiple times in a, you know, a short span, Nestor, Nestor gets hit, hit around. So we need, we need
1: to kind of figure that out. What do you, what do you think about Nestor in particular? I mean, even when he was pitching well, you and I had conversations about this because we have Cole, obviously he's pitching game one, Severino, Monty's been our game three guy for like, the last six years it seems like we've always kind of chalked him in there so he's him and Tyone I mean Tyone's just always kind of been like the odd guy out I don't really know I mean and but if we throw Nestor in this role like we've always just talked about like he could be a long reliever like he could really Mm -hmm. get out whenever he's kind of like a rubber arm like you just throw him as you need him and I definitely think that could be somewhere where he thrives and I think he's kind of the guy that we can I've always had this like vision of us going up in a series and then starting him mm-hmm. like if we went up 1-0 in a series and we just wanted to nester them and just like see what happens like I could... yeah exactly like I could yeah. see that being a thing but I think just going into it with a plan I think having him be a guy you can bring in really at any time pitch like two innings yep. and just keep it moving I think that's He's the most fit for that role. He's the only non-prototypical starter, so I think he kind of has to be that role just by default. We don't really have another guy like that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if we rolled into the the postseason with uh, Cole, Sevi, Monty, and then either we trade for someone or maybe Tyone figures it out enough to be like a four in days we don't want to just run our three-man rotation, and then we have Nestor and King being those guys that can go get innings whenever like just important Mm -hmm. outs. I feel like those would just be our important outs guys. I think that makes our bullpen a lot stronger and it doesn't really weaken our starting rotation because we have depth. So I think this has kind of been something that's always been a little bit in the back of our minds because just how Nestor is as a pitcher. And so I definitely don't think this is a bad thing or something to shy away from because you need a guy like that to make a run.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Totally. I agree. I agree with you. Um, Tyone's just been a guy that I never really felt like was going to be in a postseason rotation. Yeah. And like, he's not really a guy that I really want to see out of the bullpen because he doesn't really have like overpowering or, you know, weird stuff. So, personally, I see a postseason rotation with forearms. It, it, we're not going to go into the postseason with uh, Sabathia, Pettit, and Burnett. We're not pitching guys on short rest. So, we're going to need four guys and. At the moment, like, I feel pretty dang confident with Monty being, like, that fourth starter. Well, he might not pitch in that fourth game, but, like, that fourth starter in a postseason rotation. I just really think right now the Yankees need that X-factor, swaggy presence yeah, on the mound. Castillo,
1: number... we, I yeah, want Castillo. We'll talk. I really do. I, I really do. I,
0: I really do, too, and we'll get more into that later. But he's a guy where it's, like, you punch him in number two, Severino gets number three. It's it's less pressure. It's It just works. It just works. And then you have Nestor out of the bullpen. It's That's really good. That's I really, really good. I
1: almost think if we get, like say we got Castillo, you throw a Monty in the third game and then Nestor, uh, Seve in the fourth. I feel like having three hard-throwing 90s yeah. in a row could get a little dicey. And Monty's just our ultimate like change of pace. He's always been that way. Just yeah. get outs type guy. And I think that I mean, we have Seviet or four in the playoffs. That yeah. would be nasty.
0: And it's it's one of those things where it's like it really depends on who we're facing. Um, there might be a team that's you know more lefty heavy, more ready heavy. Um, so you know, that's kind of how you piece together your rotation, who's got more rest. But I think if we add another starter, we're in good hands. We're in good hands. And I I still think Tyon's a very solid regular season pitcher. I'm kind of moving away from my original take that I wanted them to re-sign him in the offseason. I think a guy like Clark Schmidt could be in that role. Domingo Herman is the fifth starter, someone that we're really not paying much. I think the fifth starter on a really good team isn't really that important. Um, and I don't really want to spend 13, 14, 15 million dollars on Jameson Tyone when I could just pay Clark Schmidt very little, Herman kind of similar to just be that fifth guy. So, I mean, that's
1: if, I just don't see yeah. stuff translating in October, and that's kind of where
0: I'm where I was I mean, going if, with that. If
1: we have that top four that we're talking about, you could be the fifth starter, yeah, that just works. It's uh, a yeah. great top four. What are it you is, gonna
0: do? It's great. So, the bullpen has been lights out um pretty much everybody's era the exception ca- exception to castor but castor's got like a 3-3 era which i'm totally fine with joel Joelie's era is closer to five so you know there's that um on the Mets, but everyone's era is like two five and lower so it's been great even lucas like he's got like a two three seven era um this bullpen's been been amazing and We've got guys coming back, but we also have guys that like we want to still see in the bullpen. Albert Abreu, uh Ron Marinaccio just hit the IL with like a dead arm, like red shoulder inflammation. So two guys are coming back, Domingo Herman and Jonathan Lewisica. And when I was hinting at Nestor Cortez getting less innings, I'm kind of factoring in Domingo being his his caddy. I think Nestor is going to go, you know, three, four innings. Domingo's going to pick up right where Nestor left off and take it right to the, you know, bottom of that bullpen. Yankees need to see what Domingo is. If Domingo can get some innings before the deadline, and I know we only have a couple of weeks, but you know, if, if Domingo can show that he's still very capable of being a starter in this league. And I, I, do think he is it's not great but he can do the job I think if you go and trade for like a Castillo you can trade them a Domingo Herman. you can just slide him into the deal and I'm not saying he has any you know too much value but at least you're sending another team you know a starting caliber starting caliber rotation guy and he's going to be making very little money so he is a guy that you could. throw at the end of a deal and you know sweet it up a little bit so but right now i do think it'd be smart if domingo's kind of Nestor's caddy and jonathan wisega should be returning kind of soon so that's another guy that's super important in our bullpen and you know at the beginning of the season we were thinking you know he's probably the closer that you know picks up chapman when chapman leaves in the offseason he's probably the new guy so want to see the wise that that's really what the second half if i had to like pinpoint something that i really need to see in the second half is how the and chapman fit in the bullpen how good they're pitching and where it kind of you know, runs out because chapman i have no trust i have no trust in a role as chapman and i never will so
1: we i don't really just know... leave him off the postseason roster. we could you could. I like, let's just save ourselves the ultimate. Like, we know how to, it's like we've seen the movie before. Yeah. No, like, we have. Hey, we know going into it. So, why not? Like, we can't just let it happen again.
0: Now, now, LaWise is a different story. So, it's, it's, you know, keeping the go around and, you know, trying to figure out what Chapman is. Maybe they trade Chapman. Like, who knows? Who knows? I don't know who would take him, but a yeah. team that may be desperate for a, uh, yeah, he looked like Miguel Castro for a second. Um,
1: yeah,
0: if they could, <laughs> if they could trade Chapman, I don't know. I don't know who's going to take on that whatever pro-rated six, seven million dollars to the end of the season. But that's something maybe that the
1: Orioles need a guy. <laughs> <laughs> set him up. right there. Set, yeah. <laughs> set him up for. Um, oh
0: man, set him up for some disgraceful losses at the end of the season. But you got to figure, like, you got to wonder who's leaving the bullpen or who's getting sent down jp sears is a guy that's going to be optioned back to AAA. he's done a very nice job in his two spot starts i think he's made the two out of four starts that the f- top five guys haven't made i think ryan weber was another no no clark schmidt was another one and i probably couldn't tell you the other one but it's pretty crazy how 80 out of 81 out of 85 starts have been by these, you know, top or top five guys, like they've stayed healthy, knock on wood. So, and we probably, so Sears gets option and we'll probably see a surprise IL stint with someone with maybe a Albert Abreu dead arm or Albert Abreu shoulder inflammation, just so that we could clear a spot up. I know that's really not allowed, but I mean, Albert Abreu has no more options. That's why he's been DFA'd like three different times by and, and off three different teams. So I do think Albert Abreu is kind of like that odd guy out. I don't think they want to give up on him. So he's showed that he can he can pitch. Litke I could see the Yankees upgrading on Lickie, but I can't see Litke just going nah, away. Nah, um, do it would be a brave, probably. Um, and then Marinaccio is going to come back, and Marinaccio was a guy who, you know, did the podcast a while back. In that stretch, Marinaccio like, gave up like one hit in his last like 45 hitters. Like it was, yeah, it was a pretty crazy run, yeah. and he's got, he's got stuff. He does. Um, so that's, that's, that's what that is. But it'll be interesting to see how the roster kind of flips around when these guys start to come back. Now, the American League East is freaking loaded the baltimore orioles just had their first winning record in the month of june since or sorry first winning record in a month since i believe like august of 2017 or for first winning june month 2017 that was the last time that happened which is crazy they are two games back of a 500 record they're 42 and 44 they are playing crazy baseball. If you've looked at their bullpen, they've got one of the best bullpens in baseball, and you might not know two or three guys in their bullpen. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, Dylan they have Tate. That's Dylan all I Tate, got. Felix Batista, Sinel Perez, Jorge Lopez. They're all just really, really, really good. Really good. Especially Jorge Lopez um, and Perez. So they've got they've and that's been their that's kind of been their Achilles heel when they the Orioles have been good in the past was their bullpen and they've got it now if the Orioles get some starting pitching they are they are good I, if I'm the Orioles I'm not trading anybody Mullins stays Mancini stays I think those are the only uh, Santander stays like those are the three guys that I've heard potentially get moved everybody else They've got Gunnar Henderson, who's a top 10 prospect. He's a shortstop. He's in double-A, triple-A. He's coming through. Grayson Rodriguez is like the best pitching prospect in baseball. He's coming through. They could be an issue. They will be an issue in two seasons. Like, they'll be – I'm not saying they're going to contend, but, no, they'll, they'll be a contender for the playoffs. They will. They will be this year. I'm telling you that right, they now, right now. They no, are.
1: They are. They Three games back of the right of
0: the last wild card spot, yeah. which is funny because it's the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that everybody was in love with at the beginning of the season, and now they're two of they they are have won two of their last ten, <laughs> and they're a three game losing streak. And Luke just loves it. And I know they are. Uh, they are they twenty. Stink. They're twenty four and thirty against teams above five hundred. The Orioles are twenty four and thirty two. So they have the same amount of wins against
1: um, – Yeah, I whatever. mean, the Orioles are going to beat us anyway. Yeah. Like, no matter how bad they are. So yeah. why not have them be good? Why not? Like, I, I enjoy this. They're just
0: going to beat up on the other teams. Like, yeah,
1: that's what sure. I'm saying. Like, they're going to beat us either way. So let's just have them beat everybody.
0: I, I find it really funny. And we're no, 15 games up. We're 15 games up. And last night's loss was against Boston Was was tough. But then you sit back, and you're like, okay, yeah, we totally should have won last night's game. But you look at the standings, and we're 15 up. So
1: like I, can't, <laughs> I can't get worked. I just can't. Like, I cannot get worked up. Like I, Houston gets my blood boiling because they're the other team up there with us. That was a playoff atmosphere yesterday,
0: and it was on Fox. Can can we not play on Fox ever again? Can we sign a TV deal? Are we playing, like, CBS? CBS, that, yes. they don't do baseball, but they should. We can't and play the Fox
1: anymore. I don't even. I mean, we have to. Layoffs. Yeah, I know. That, that's what I'm saying. It's not going to be Joe Buck. So, I think part of the curse has to be dead. Didn't matter yesterday. Even though it didn't matter yesterday. All those weird plays in the last inning. Well, what are you going right, to do? Well, but are talk about Matt Carpenter. I'm I'm excited yeah. about Matt Carpenter right now. We We have a lineup where it's like we don't need a DH, but it's only because – we have three infielders for two spots. So say we get to the playoffs and we just don't, like say Donaldson's not hitting, even though he's been raking the last couple of days, say that just doesn't continue. Or like DJ's weird, labor's weird, someone gets hurt. We have a guy, Matt Carpenter, who can come in and DH or even play the outfield, which he has been a little bit. And that's one of those guys where it's not as loud of a move as, like, a Josh Bell or Wilson Contreras, as we were talking about earlier. But the guy's coming in seeing eight pitches every at-bat and, like, hitting home runs. Like, that's a much quieter version of, like, what the Astros are probably going to do, which we were talking about earlier. But it's like when you get to the playoffs and it's like Matt Carpenter's hitting seventh, it's like, oh, Matt Carpenter's hitting seventh. But then it gets there and it's like, wait, it's Matt Carpenter hitting seventh. Like, yeah, he could crank one here. And that is something where I think we're quietly doing what we were just afraid that Houston's going to do. And seeing Uh him hit this way is kind of, it's, it's exciting because he has postseason like pedigree. He's been in there. He's been there before, but he kind of fell off. Now he's back low re-energized. And I think, I mean, if we could stick this guy in left field and leave all those spots open, that's just a spot filled. Like Gallo, we placed Gallo with Matt Carpenter like that. Is definitely an option. I still want an outfielder because there's definitely like a death lineup we could run. Yeah. If we had that. But I, he's, he's just a guy who can do really any role we need, come off the bench, anything. But it's very promising to see him perform this way.
0: Yeah. Promising might be an understatement. I mean, yeah. it's been crazy. He's hitting in what is 70 plate appearances, he's hitting 328 with nine home runs. And 20 RBIs. I believe Gallo has like 10 home runs and like 19 RBIs. And Matt Carpenter has been here for how long? He's a 1.4 war. Matt Carpenter is a 250 OPS plus. He's 150% better than the average hitter. And I know it's limited. but He's got 1250 OPS. He's getting up there and he's putting the ball in the seats. He's getting extra base hits. He's doing this. He's doing that. The guy hasn't played the outfield since 2014 and he hasn't started in the outfield since 2013. The Yankees just said, you know what? We're 15 games up. Just stick him in the outfield. They've been playing him in left field at Fenway Park. Maybe one of the harder outfields to play in off baseball because of that just how crazy the Green Monster is. And they're just playing him out there. They just said, you know what? We're playing him out there. So yeah. it's it's crazy. It is crazy. And, yeah, sure, it's not ideal that Matt Carpenter is playing in the corner outfield spot and the Yankees – but the Yankees need – I have to realize that he needs to be in the lineup. So, say we get to the deadline and we can't get our hands on a – and I, I I doubt this happens, but we can't get our hands on a Ben Intendi or an Ian Happ, Brian Reynolds. We have Matt Carpenter. I know Yankee fans aren't going to want to hear that. They might. And I know – we don't want to lose a playoff game because Matt Carpenter couldn't get to a ball in the outfield. Also don't want that to happen, but it's still a fairly good backup plan because it's not Joey Gallo. It's, it's Matt Carpenter. Like he's hitting so well to the point where we could just stick him in left and, you know, hope the ball doesn't find him the little league strategy. Uh, So, yeah, I don't
1: know. I don't know if they're gonna play him in left anywhere other than Fenway, because literally if the ball's over your head, you just turn around and play it. Like I, it's still I can't... a pain. Oh, I mean, it's a pain, but like, I mean, he was playing again, right. Like,
0: he was playing right field in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, that's more. I definitely see them trying some things, but I, I don't know. He kind of gives me like, like they're playing him the way they would play Stan, like left field in those easy parks, and then sometimes right. I. I mean, dude, if we got an outfielder and then he could like DH. Yeah. Like that's plugging the whole, that's. He's got to be in
0: the lineup. Like it's, it's enough is enough with like Matt Carpenter isn't in the lineup because we got to play so-and-so it's no, he has to be in the lineup. He's hitting so well. He has to be in the lineup.
1: We need to go in to October having, like, we know we're probably Trevino's probably going to be the catcher. Yeah. IKF's. Probably going to be the shortstop. Yep. I could see them getting weird with that. I don't know with who, but there could be something we're not seeing at shortstop. Because IKF's really mediocre. And I don't think we thought we were going to be this good. I think that's kind of where we're like, ah, like we're stuck with this oh, no. guy. I mean, I mean, we're really good. I mean, obviously, but like, I don't even think we thought we were going to be like better than last year. So I think now we're kind of like, all right, what do we do with this IKF guy? It's supposed to be a stopgap. But yeah. say him and Trevino plugged in 8-9 our seven hitters above that need to be, like, hitters. Like, it needs to be an outfielder, plugged in for Gallo, guy cannot hit ever again. Like, it needs to be our full infield, and then we need a guy like Matt Carpenter type DH. Like, we need, some, we need our top seven to be really good if those are going to be our bottom two. Mm-hmm. And the way, if we can get that to shake out, I think we're in solid shape with this lineup.
0: I do, too. I do, too.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot cool. of it's just guys not hitting right now, which is fine because it's July and we're up a million games and we know they're going to come around.
0: Well, you know who is hitting? Cool. Aaron
1: Hicks. He is hitting. He's doing great. Aaron he really Hicks. is doing great lately.
0: Aaron Hicks is like – we're in a spot right now where it's like, oh, like we love another outfielder, but it's like if all we need to go get is a starting pitcher and we can, you know, use those prospects there, like – We still have Aaron Hicks. Or if the Yankees were like, okay, and go back to like original plan, like, okay, we'll just platoon Hicks and we'll go get someone really affordable. Like a two guys we'll talk about later. I'm not gonna say their names yet. But Hicks is hitting 241, which I mean he's a career two thirty-four hitter. So he's hitting two forty-one. He's got six home runs a lot more recently, and He's got 26 RBIs. He's still in nine bases. But to look at, he's got a 359 on base percentage. And his slugging was at like 280. I think the last time we talked, now it's at 364. Like, and I know he had a home run up off of, off of a position player, but his slugging's 364. Like, gets it up a little bit. We're talking 750 range. And that's what I said in the last episode. Like, I would not be surprised if Aaron Hicks gets in the 750 range because he, all he's just got to start doing is just hitting extra base hits. A couple extra base hits will get him to that spot. He's got a 110 OPS plus. That's 10% better than the average hitter. His career OPS plus is 99. He's a below average hitter in his career, but he's playing better. I I don't. I heard on the broadcast yesterday from Ken Rosenthal that like Aaron Hicks hasn't really consistently played the last three years. Aaron Hicks said that it feels like he hasn't played the last three years. So maybe that means that he's finally figuring it out. He's here and he's here to stay. And he's just going to start hitting the baseball. I mean, his defense is what it is, but hit the baseball. And that's what he's doing.
1: He's going to, I don't want him off the team, obviously. Like he's right now looking at it, he would be like one of the better fourth outfielders in baseball. I just don't think, I just don't think it could be our plan.
0: Oh, it can't be in our plan. It's it can't. Th- like I've said multiple times, this is the year where we need to go. You know what to the wall and yeah. get the best players, the best positions that are available. But it's still like I'm still at ease. I'm still at ease with Aaron
1: Hicks. You know, it's no. Yeah, he's it's It's good. It's good. He's on the team. He's like, again, like he he's gonna get a lot of playing time regardless in August, September, because. Get guys off their feet, a you know. Thousand games up. Yep. Which is good that he's productive for those games. But it also shows us we have an option in the outfield. Yeah, we do. And I think I mean if we get we just need one outfield and then our outfield's set pretty much through and through. And I yep. think, yeah, no, it's definitely good to see because dude, he was so bad. And now that he's like good again, I just hope to like they better not be like, okay, Aaron Hicks is our left fielder. Like that's it. Because I'm going to be yeah. like, okay, like what? What's I mean, going can, on here?
0: They can say that if they want to go trade for like a shortstop and a starting pitcher. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, they, it
1: either has to be one or the other, like with shortstop and the outfield, but either way, it has to be a bat. Like has that's to. just what it has to be. But yeah, no, definitely promising stuff. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he gets in the playoffs and he like runs into one. Like, it's shown he still can, I guess.
0: I mean, the but whole yeah. like, yesterday's atmosphere did feel postseason-esque it did and i know it's just a it's Boston more like desperate <laughs> like, it is desperate it is desperate like sellout crowd Fenway park like we didn't care we're down one nothing aaron hicks it's a home run you know no
1: huge yeah it's uh, nice to just have that
0: night before where he homer and triple a couple of nights before so
1: no yeah he's been he's been doing his extra base son. hits
0: he's been hitting yeah, extra base he hits needs. and that's what we want For um sure. the other day we picked up Richard Rodriguez, a lot of people might be like, oh, like, picked up Richard Rodriguez. Like, what is he doing walking the street in July? Well, he's been suspended for 80 games for PEDs, so that speaks to why. And we signed him to a minor league deal. What a lot of people aren't really talking about, and I know PEDs enhances your performance. I got it. But since 2018, Richard Rodriguez has been one of the best and most underrated late inning relief arms In the majors. He's posted a three ERA flat across 222 and a third innings, and he struck out 227 batters. Had like a 294 ERA last year, was pitching well for the Pirates. His his swing and miss numbers were pretty low. They trade him to Atlanta. He pitches pretty solid in Atlanta, but then he gets he's a healthy scratch for the postseason. So it's weird. But you know, they non-tender him. He It's caught for PEDs. You want to be like, oh, well, the PEDs, he's just not good at all. No, well, that's – you can't just say that and not see what he is without him. And who knows how long – maybe he was injured. I don't know enough about the guy. I'm not going to do the research to figure it out. But it's a move where it's like, all right, he can't pitch in the postseason because he's been suspended, but he hasn't hit – and I'm going to pull a quote from the MLB – trade room's article he has four plus years of big league service time and won't have enough time this season to eclipse the five-year threshold so he'd be controllable through 2024 if he earns an MLB look and impresses club brass that that club could be us so it could be like a Trevor Rosenthal pickup like a couple years ago where it's like oh yeah, we, it's, we pick it's him just up just
1: a long-term play see what happens type but thing. it's a
0: long-term play and you know Matt Blake exactly he might
1: he may earn back the
0: respect he once had so we'll see i i think it's interesting i do so because he's a guy that we could just plug into our bullpen next year for nothing and you know that's one guy off the list that we don't have to go get with chapman and britain probably leaving hopefully fingers crossed and britain might be coming back this year the yankee bullpen could be in good hands i just don't want to put written in chapman in big spots like, yeah, at exactly. all if, exactly. if if they want to arrest the king and holmes and put in chapman and, and britain okay but you still gotta realize
1: <laughs> that's when, such a crazy thing know. to say out loud it's like what are we doing man we're never just, paying a relief just proves, pitcher that's what i'm saying <laughs> it just
0: proves that you don't have to pay your relief pitchers because you can just find oh, guys man. who spin the you know what out of the ball and there it is. I mean, th- there's your bullpen. It's crazy. and I guess that's the one thing that I, I have sort of enjoyed about analytics is the spin rate because you can yeah, really find guys. A good one. That's it. That's all I care about is that because analytics tried to justify Joey Gallo to me and I wasn't having it. So mm. right there, I was just like against analytics. No, if you're yeah. going to stay here and tell me that Joey Gallo is good based on analytics, I don't care about analytics, but Clay Holmes has been really good. He was an analytical pickup. So, yep. so I'm back on the analytic yeah, pitching it's train. like
1: Even in even in high school, like pitchers look so much faster than they're throwing yeah. sometimes. Yep. And it's like doesn't make any sense. And there was never that way to pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. And then now we just like have it.
0: Everyone used to talk about good ride on their fastball. Yeah. And that's like, that, no that was one, the keyword. Yeah. No <laughs> one
1: was really like
0: thinking about like what actually like caused the ride and it's
1: what this live arm all those all those terms because they just didn't know what they were talking
0: about yeah pretty much so i don't want to sit here and be like oh let's go trade for this guy oh let's go trade for that guy and then look at the standings and they're like two or three games out of the wild card they're not going to be trading their guys they're going to try to make the playoffs this is what the whole postseason you know extra team or two
1: is yeah this really did a number on the deadline i didn't think about that when it happened but it really did yep so it keeps more teams in it um so
0: luke and i are going to go through sort sort of the teams that don't have that aren't in contention anymore and i went through pretty much every depth chart on every team that was like at least seven games out of the final wild card spot Hmm. and picked out some names the Anaheim Angels. Los Angeles, Angels, Anaheim. Wrote down four names. Aaron Loop. He struggled this year. He's got a mid-four ERA. Pretty sure he's getting paid $8 million next year. Not really too sold on that. that. He's a lefty, but yeah, no. Bryce Iglesias. Another guy. He's the closer. He's been really good in the past. He's got three years left at an AAV of 14.5 each year. No, thank you. Nope. Taylor Ward. Really good. Hitting 300 plays the outfield, 15 home runs, making nothing. Why would a team like the Angels, who have so much money invested in Trout and Rendon, and then eventually Otani, why would it make sense for them to move a guy who's performing well on an affordable contract? It makes no sense. But the one guy that I kind of looked at, and I was like, you know, if the Yankees do get their hands on a Brian Reynolds, and they can't get their hands on a, you know, a Luis Castillo, What about a guy that we were sort of interested in in the offseason? And that's Noah Syndergaard. And I know, I know, I know Syndergaard came to the Yankee Stadium and he pitched like absolute garbage. But he's got postseason experience. Granted, it was 2015, 2016. But he does. He's pitched in New York. And he is on a hefty one-year deal. He was getting $21 million this year. (laughs) (laughs) So we'd probably have to owe him $10 million or maybe we give him an extra prospect or two so that they just pay that. But we would not be stuck with him past this year. That's what makes this interesting. He's a 384 ERA across 13 starts this year, which is pretty solid, but his velocity and spin rate is down. So maybe we turn him over to Matt Blake and maybe Matt Blake can work his midseason magic. I just think it's an option that nobody's talking about. And I think Noah Syndergaard could just be one of those guys where maybe, maybe he doesn't slot in front of Severino, but maybe he slots in front of Montgomery. And he's got he's got good movement on his pitches. I know he does. I've seen his splitter, sinker before. His spin might
1: be down. His velo might be down, but I know he has done him. Luke, yeah, I, I mean, sure. I don't know. Throw him late. It's another one. Like we have these two months yeah. after the deadline to just like completely mess around. But worst case, he stinks, and that's what it is. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't want to give up Jaime Garcia, yeah. or that's what you I know. mean. Yeah, no. The only, only Lance Lynn. We have to, yeah. The only capital we have to, oh <laughs> man, the only capital we'd have to give up would be to get them to pay the money. Which yeah. I don't know. I would be we fine giving. Yeah. We weren't
0: too afraid of that last year. We paid. We made Chicago pay his contract, <laughs> and we made Texas pay Gallo, and that that Gallo deal, man, it's so bad. <laughs>
1: but yeah, no. I mean, if we get yeah, if we get like a significant bat. Whether it's an outfielder or shortstop, like why not take a chance? Like, I, why not? Yeah, go ahead. We have so no, many, yeah.
0: W- w- one quick thing: we've we've picked up so many games in the division, or we're up so many games in the division, where it's like we can test out Syndergaard.
1: Yes, for sure. No, there's there's gonna be a lot of trial runs, and the guys like Hicks are gonna get a lot of run late in the year because they can thirty thirty coming. It's funny. Oh yeah, imagine a little back maybe twenty twenty thirty. Maybe, you'd have to go no. on an absolute tear. It's no, yeah, maybe 15 nuts. and 20. Maybe that's more reasonable. But... Yeah, that's just keep.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but I like these uh, Detroit options yeah. a lot. I mean, isn't Soto getting paid again? Or is Soto, getting paid
0: decent? Soto hasn't gotten paid yet. He's broken, yeah. I think, three, maybe four years ago. He's got electric stuff, but his walk rate's too high, and it's too much like Chapman. He's a spaz. Jesus pass.
1: yeah we can't we can't do another one like that and Chaffin's a guy we andrew Chaffin's a guy we've talked about just like a lefty yeah. kind of like he's seen it all before type yep. guy which again that's another one i'd be like yeah like perfect sure.
0: i mean but he's the, better than licky but.
1: yeah no exactly but then this last guy that you i'm sure you want to talk about with the savant page i they would be nuts to trade this guy
0: alex Ooh, lang
1: like a freak <laughs>
0: this guy this guy and i saw him I think pitch against the Yankees. He wears like a short sleeve turtleneck and he just hums. And I was like, this is just, this is one of my guys. Like, this is, (laughs) this is one of my guys. So when we talk about electric stuff, this guy's got some of the best in baseball curve, sinker, change, heater. Very Clay Holmes esque. You go to Pitchers Nation on Instagram, I'm sure you could just scroll through and find videos of him just throwing absolute frisbees but at like 98 so just look at a savant page 93rd exit average exit velocity uh 82nd percentile xera expected era 91st percentile expected batting average i'll just jump to the 79 percent barrel percentage the 92 percent uh expected slugging 91 percentile k percentage I I know. I said that Soto walks too many guys. This guy does too, but it's one of those guys where it's like he's his stuff is just so great. Clay Holmes, as you remember, did struggle a lot with walks. Um, This guy's 14th percentile. It's really bad. But 99% whiff rate, 92% K chase rate, 87% fastball velocity. This guy has a Clay Holmes savant page and he's tons of team control. He's a free agent in 2028, but he's already 26, so you know i don't know i would be willing to give up a lot because this is a move that's like he's going to be cheap i guess the tigers would never trade this guy but i just wanted to talk about him so yeah no, fair i not. mean uh, no one's no one brought that up for the yankees michael fulmer's another guy joe jimenez is another guy but this guy this guy's exciting um kansas city it's We've just about it he's yeah, really just it's, like it, that's it that's he's it a-
1: He's like he's like a fit, and it it like officially came out that we're looking at Benintendi and looking to trade Gallo. It's like, oh no way! Yeah. like we've been talking about that since April. Like, I but think yeah, a lot I mean, of I people
0: guess... were were misreading that and thinking the Yankees were going to trade Gallo to the Royals. You got to like read yeah, the article, but like I was reading yeah. like what people were saying on Twitter, like oh like we're gonna trade Gallo for Benintendi, like that the Kansas City does not want Joey Gallo. Like, why would they want Joey Gallo?
1: No, yeah, it's such a. Deserves. But
0: Benintendi for the right price, I mean, like, yeah, it's not going above and beyond, but it's it's it could be just be the right He's having for...
1: such a good season. He's
0: having a really good year. He's having a really good year. Oakland, Frankie Montas, not really feeling it. I don't know. He's been pulled from, like, three or four starts, and I know that it's because, you know, they don't want to have him get hurt, and then they can't trade him, and then it's like this and that. But it's like I'd much rather have a guy that we'll talk about a little later. And we've already said his name, so it really, that really doesn't fit. Um, you, you go to Arizona, and you go back to platooning Aaron Hicks, and you've got this guy, David Peralta, who's hitting 245. Just hear me out. Hitting 245, he he's got 11 home runs, 36 RBIs, and a 772 OPS overall this season. In his last 18 games, he's hitting over 300 with a 9.21 OPS and 60 plate appearances. Small sample size, but you know it's pretty similar to Matt Carpenter, so it's kind of like the Matt Carpenter sample size. Um, but back to the platoon versus right-handed pitching. Peralta has 223 plate appearances. He's slashing 265, 323, 503. He's a 503 slugging. That comes out to an 825 OPS. He's got 10 home runs and 32 RBIs. Remember when I read you his overall stats and he had 11 home runs and 36 RBIs? Yeah, he's got 10 home runs and 32 RBIs against right handed pitching. He has terrible numbers against lefties, but Hicks has been very solid against lefties this year with a 377 on base percentage. So I feel like a lot of postseason teams, like they have like that platoon. Like they just have that platoon where they just like punch that guy in, they punch that, the other guy in, blah, blah, blah. If we're not going to go get a big name, this is an affordable guy. He does have another year of control, and he's going to turn 35 in like a couple weeks. So maybe this is a guy that the Yankees just bite the bullet on. He's due $8 million next year, which isn't a lot of money at all. Maybe he plays well. Maybe he's an Eddie Rosario. I don't know, but it's something to consider. Now, the next guy is Charlie Blackman, who we've talked about a lot, and I'm going to let Luke look over what I wrote, but you know, it's almost identical to Peralta, you
1: know. Yeah, I mean, this is like the move. I just look at these two guys, and it's like I I like the vision. It's definitely probably in the back of their minds, like if they don't get a Ben attendee yep. or a Hap, and it would be if it. It just depends on what it comes with. Like if we yeah. do the the big move, and then we get one of these guys as kind of like an insurance thing like i wouldn't be mad with it i like i like that they're both so platoonable with hicks because it's like so mm-hmm. dead opposite like that's definitely good that we have that option out there i just it's one of those you got to see what else they do like yeah. if this was it i'd be like bro like, are you serious like, bro, like, <laughs> yeah but that's obviously not all they're gonna do so yeah, yeah i guess it just it depends it would depend on the other moves like neither of these guys would upset me but i wouldn't be excited either
0: yeah um Yeah, I mean, Blackman is hitting 276 versus lefties in 93 plate appearances against his 256 against righties and like over 200. So he is just a competent hitter against both sides of the plate. He does play Mm -hmm. in Colorado, but at the same time, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So this move might be a little more intriguing for the Yankees if they do plan to go down this this road. Now, Pittsburgh's Brian Reynolds. The Yankees have recently shown interest in the switch hitting center fielder, and it only makes sense for Pittsburgh's asking price to be through the sky. Although Reynolds' numbers aren't fantastic, he's a ton of team control. He's a free agent in 2026. This year, he's got an OPS of 812 and a career OPS of 849. He's not the best defensive center fielder, but he knows how to play the position well. Personally, I believe the Yankees uh, could bring in Brian Reynolds and another starting pitcher, and it puts this team over the top. So given Pittsburgh's asking price, I would be willing to part ways with Jason Dominguez. Here's why. Dominguez is at least three years from being MLB ready. Don't get it twisted. Brian Reynolds is very good. He's controllable, and he's proven at the big league level. If Aaron Judge does leave in the offseason, the Yankees would still have an all-star caliber center fielder in Reynolds, Giancarlo Stanton in right, and the flexibility to sign a Michael Brantley or Andrew Benintendi for left field and free agency. Reynolds isn't even arbitration eligible until 2024, so he actually would have minimal effect on the payroll over the next few seasons, which would help facilitate bringing back number 99. Not only would Reynolds help the Yankees win their twenty eighth World Championship in twenty twenty two, but he does wonders for the organization down the road.
1: Yeah, no, the vision there it's it's there. Like I see it, it's there. I'm not like the hugest Brian Reynolds guy on earth. Like I don't, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be, I'd be happy. I'd be with Dominguez. He's another one where you just have no idea. He's kind of like a lottery ticket. But like half of it's scratched off and it's looking like really good, but you still like don't all the way know so I would be honestly I would be willing to just because of the trajectory the team's on like the yeah. timelines just match up better with this, but I would be a little I would be holding my breath like make it, like he has to get off to a good start like he has to play well kind of all the way through and if he doesn't, we're looking at a, extremely like iffy situation here but i it's one of those things you just gotta do i guess
0: no yeah i mean it's just like one of those moves where it's like i'm sorry i brought out that nice little script but you know gotta promote it somehow but you know it's brian reynolds he's a guy that's had like an up and down kind of career but it was weird like 2020 he not really up and down at all He, he came out in 2019 as second in the rookie of the year, second or third in the rookie of the year, right behind Alonzo hit over 300 2020 comes around the fake year. Can't hit his hat 2021. He finished 11th in the MVP. Very good season started in center field in the all-star game. And then this year gets off to a slow start, but you know, recently he's been hitting the ball really well. 812 OPS killed the ball in the month of June. So you're getting a switch hitting center fielder. And that's what Dominguez is. And like I said, Dominguez is far away. This is a move where it's like you win now. You win now. I get it, Ian Hat might just be the move. And you know, he's coming up next, but like he might just be the move, but Brian Reynolds kind of he's short term and long term. And it might be Dominguez. You still you don't trade Volpe, but you can trade Dominguez. You can move Peraza. I, I, I just have so much confidence in the Yankees minor league system that I'm, like, willing to trade Jason Dominguez, even with the Mickey Mantle, Bo Jackson hype. Do it.
1: Yeah, no. They they both – both those players in themselves just kind of scare me a little bit. So yeah. it's not like I'm losing, like, the next coming in let's, my mind.
0: Let's maximize on value. And I know, yeah, like, no. he hasn't done it in the big league level, but, like, let's not get to that point where it's like he comes up – He's not very really good,
1: seen, and yeah. we can't do anything. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, it's definitely something I, I would be happy with, but it's one of those where I would be, like, holding my breath the whole time. So I'm yeah, not excited no, totally. for that, but that's for me personally, not for everybody else, so that's not your guys' problem. I love David Bednar. I mean, yeah. if we could just drop the house and get both of them somehow, I mean, shh, I can okay. I just I, – if we give him Dominguez, would... just give me Brian Reynolds. and Yeah, true. Yeah, but that should be. I mean, yeah, the package just depends on the pack. The
0: problem with Bednar is he's got he's like a free agent, like 27, like 26 or 2026 or 2027.
1: So he's just so they just have too much leverage with the guy. Yeah, that that makes sense. And like, what if he stinks? Like, yeah, it's he's he's been in the league
0: for so long, it's like he hasn't been in the league for so long, but he. He's been in the league for so long where it's like he can go out, pitch really well one year, and then just, like, pull a young white coup and stink. Yep. There's a football reference. That yeah. Backdoor no, football just,
1: reference. Bad. That... <laughs> over here. Um, right over here. <laughs> yep. No, yeah, these <laughs> Cubs guys, David Robertson, Ian Happ, it's, like, again, with Ben Attendee, like, we don't really have to say too much. Like, it's just yeah. the obvious, like, fit. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still – it still applies David Robertson is like,
0: yeah. reliable, and it was walk rate. I remember when he was on the Yankees, he, like, didn't walk anybody. Like, that was his thing. Like, he was a strike thrower. And now he is, like, walking a bunch of hitters. But his ERA is still 2-1, and I've seen him get, like, kind of hit a little bit, but it's still 2-1. So, he's pitched really well. He's got 45 strikeouts in 34 in a third innings. And we're not asking him to close that game like the Cubs are. So, he's a strike thrower. And when the Yankees have Clay Holmes and Michael King and – all these guys, Castro, all these guys that throw all these pitches that move so much, sometimes they're just not going to have it. So, David Robertson's the guy that you can just kind of throw in the game, and he's got a repertoire that he's proven. So, why not? Why not? And the Cubs are Cubs are whatever. And, you know, Ian Hap spoke about him a lot on the last episode. Switch hitter. He's got another year of control. Cubs are selling house, I would think. I wouldn't be opposed. I, I probably want Hap more than I want Ben Intendi. But based on the price, I'll probably take Ben Attendee and, and then Brian Reynolds. I just want the most price doesn't really have any push on that
1: unless it's something ridiculous. But yeah, you know exactly. I I think think just, think I'm just I mean, I'm just thinking more in the way like if we could get Ben Attendee or half with the years they're having, and then you've talked a lot about Joey Wendell, and I've started to think like, what if we could plug that in the outfield, and then Wendell can play short stop so then it's like oh like that's interesting where yeah, it's like it's
0: just it's just annoying because the the marlins the fish are just just swimming around the end of the wild card
1: just they have they have who does he even play every like they have jazz Lendl? they have like where john birdie i mean he he plays he
0: plays he plays, he plays like kind of all yeah, over I mean, the place he's played yeah. second short and third he played he played like 180 innings at shortstop last year i'm pretty sure he made the all-star team as a shortstop last year like he's a guy and like i had him under other names because he's just not on a team out of contention but he's a guy he's left-handed he gets in the box he's crouching he's got his hands right here and he's ready to go he looks like he played in the 20s but that's what i want like no
1: i imagine joey wendell
0: batting ninth
1: like that's what i'm saying like we fill these like ben attendee like this year I don't know for sure how much Reynolds is better than happened, Ben Attendee. Okay, yeah, no, like, fair. I don't know that for sure. So then no. if we just got that option and it let us do Wendell, yeah. like, I think I would take that other option
0: just Probably. for this year.
1: Reynolds is just – I've always just said, like, the long-term play, yeah. and I. it's obviously good to think like that. But there's just two sides to everything. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, and- you know, we've talked about Reynolds as like a long-term play, and I've also we've also talked about Cattell Marte. we probably talked to him about him until we were blue in the face last year, but then he signed until that he contract. Made, I didn't and then include we made him. him, him here. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. He's he is he is he picked it up. He has been pretty solid. It's just he's playing really to his contract now. Like he got paid not that much, and he's got a 781 OPS. He's hitting 265 with five home runs. Like it's not great. I was just throwing that out there because we talked about him a lot, and it's a similar sort of thing. Um, yeah, but let me see as well. Joey Wendell, man, it's he's he's one of those guys where it's like if they batted him ninth, it would be scary. It, and then IKF can be like that backup super utility man. Really, that's what his role should be. That's what his role should be.
1: Yeah, a little seven, eight, nine, and Matt Carpenter, Jose Trevino, Joey, Joey Wendell. pick it up to the top. would <laughs> be awesome. I love that. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's just like the way the team's constructed, I almost want to fill two holes versus, like, try to go all in yeah. on one. And it yeah. feels ri- – it was what the season Reynolds has had. It's just, like, kind of – it skews me out a little bit.
0: Joey but it's Wendell. It's one of those where it's like excited. you can't
1: – Yeah, I know. we do, But it's, like, one of those where it's like you can't really – Go wrong on paper. It just either one you do has to work.
0: Yeah. So like Joey, we can. Joey Wendell's hit a bit of a
1: cold streak. He's not 274, but if he was hitting 300 like three days ago. Dude, trust me. And, I mean, if we had a 274 hitting lefty shortstop that like actually hits the ball, like I mean, that'd make us better.
0: it has got two home runs.
1: Okay, I've. <laughs> I thought he was going to pop one off one of those position players. Yeah, they literally put him in. They literally pinch hit
0: Matt Carpenter for IKF to give him a chance. They just didn't. They faced back-to-back position players, like whatever. Oh, Um, man. So, there's that. But he was another name. Go to Cincinnati. We've talked about Luis Castillo. He's an absolute stud. He's He's so good. Absolute gas. I mean, he's throwing like 97 on average mile-an-hour
1: sinkers. Did... Did we know each other when that like fake Luis Castillo trade happened? No, because I was walking my dog, yeah, or I was like, it was happening, I was hanging out, doing whatever I was doing. And it like kind of happens like right as I was like okay I have to take the dog out now yeah so I'm walking around with my dog like just waddling all over the streets like a thirty minute walk and I'm just on my phone like, yeah. waiting for them to confirm hundred times like random like foreign guy
0: tweeted yeah. it
1: in like encrypted Spanish and I was like I didn't even anyway, I was so excited and then they wanted Glaber We and wanted Glaber
0: we Clint wanted Fraser Flynn
1: jackson obviously but i just remember being so excited because i thought we were gonna get him and now he's like better than i even thought he was then
0: so yeah and and what's what's weird is he was god awful for the first half of last he was year he had like a 60 ERA, and then he just was like the best pitcher in baseball like the second half of the year and and get his ERA down, like Matt Blake degrees. with that
1: guy. Oh my God, <laughs> he may our game one. Bring the
0: translator around along, and and we're and we're good to go. He's he makes our game one. He can pitch whatever game he wants. Yeah, sure. Here's I'm the ball.
1: It. Take it. Yeah, no, just take it. And let's roll. <laughs>
0: just take it, like wherever. And you know he has some injury history. I know he came into the year injured, but his mm. arm's fresh enough. And I'd be willing to deal top prospects. I would center a deal around Peraza. I would For put sure. Herman in the deal. I would put maybe Wosnieski or Waldachuk in the deal. That's probably to the extent I'd go. I don't. I don't want the, to. The thing is, when, when when Barrios got traded to the Twins, or that guy's so Jays. bad. Yeah, he is.
1: Oh my god! When Barrios
0: amazing. when Barrios got traded to the Twins, um, sorry to the Blue Jays. I can't speak. They traded Austin Martin and Simone was Richardson. So that kind of. Makes me scared about how much per or sorry Castillo would would cost. I just think Peraza is just so expendable, and like people will tell me like, oh well Peraza like, what if you just keep him around? Like no, I'm okay. We have Anthony Volpe. We're
1: he good. also is really good. It's just like we have a better option. Yeah. So yeah, I could see it being like a pitcher, him, and then like they they're gonna want Wells. I feel like all these teams imagine
0: like a. Imagine like an, a trade deadline of like Luis Castillo, Andrew Benatendi, and Joey Wendell.
1: I would, oh, that's like, if I could sign up for anything right now, it would be that. Like, no joke. Like, especially with price in mind, like, that's perfect.
0: I wouldn't even care if we lost. We just did everything I wanted.
1: Like, yeah, that is. <laughs> I want us to be a year where like we're sitting there and it's ending. If we're lo- like, and we're losing, say, God forbid. But it's like, we didn't sell it short. Like, we went for it. I'd be like, I'd just be more sad than, like, mad. These last couple years, I've been, like, mad. Because it's like, we ended with, like...
0: We went for it last year, but we got Joey Gallo, so we really shot ourselves. Well, we went for it,
1: but we were terrible. So, it didn't really, like, it wasn't like we were good. Like, we were bad. We were a bad team.
0: We were bad. We had Rizzo. But that's it. Brandon Drury... The judge and the jury, could could we see a comeback? Probably I would, not.
1: I, not. I mean, sure. But where would he play? Don't know. Shortstop? If he could play shortstop, I would be so happy if we got him. If Brandon no, Jury could shortstop? I looked play the other day, I think. I looked the other day, and I don't think he does.
0: I think he may have played shortstop, but he was
1: on Arizona,
0: like, a long yeah, time ago. Like, a very yeah, long but, time ago. Hey,
1: honestly, I mean
0: um i don't want to see his pitching i want to see his fielding he's played four innings at shortstop this year perfect
1: sign me up (laughs) sign me up sign me up i mean yeah nine innings in
0: 2020 35 innings in 2019 he sounds like the move
1: shortstop sure let's do it no, there's. I think talking about it, I realize there's like more like. He's hitting two seventy eight with
0: eighteen home runs, fifty RBIs. And no, he's eight seventy eight. He's that's what I'm
1: saying. He's <laughs> raking, but he play the um, outfield. I don't know. I'm like talking about all these guys. Like I definitely think there's more paths than I thought. Yeah. Like to make us better.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Donaldson was just really, 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 really bad. Brandon Drew would be the play for third, but and the Orioles are just playing too good. They won't trade their closer Jorge Lopez, who is a sub two ERA. And he's just yeah. dude, he averages like a ninety-seven ninety-eight mile an hour sinker. That's on average. So that means he's just like throwing a hundred.
1: Yep. I mean, when they started this episode, they were down two oh, well, and now they're up nine, two.
0: Yeah. So what he goes, look? man. I'm actually going. Camden Yards pretty soon. So I get to see the O's at. Are you
1: going to the Yankee game?
0: I am. I just found that out today. But we'll see.
1: going to try to get my dad on that. Do you know the date? Yeah.
0: Um, I don't even know. Let I don't even know. know.
1: I would I will. be down to go to that. I love Camden yeah.
0: Yards. Dude, that. I love Camp- It's going to be sold out. <laughs> Could very yeah. well be sold out. Um. So. I mean, that's really much that's pretty much it. Yankees mm-hmm. are winning, they're fifteen games up. Maybe they'll win today and against Boston. Probably not. Tyone's just not pitching well, but maybe he will today. And he sure might not. win. Could win the series. And then all is just everything's just happy dandy. That we go to the trade deadline. We'll figure that out. We might be in California when it happens, but we'll get to you guys somehow. We'll we'll get to you guys somehow. Like that that will. That will happen. That could be a little unorthodox of an episode. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. You might see a little different setup, but it might happen. It's just gonna happen. Just trust the process. <laughs> has to,
1: has to. We'll,
0: we'll try to see you
1: guys soon. Like we're, we'll do our best. We'll do. I think we'll do one more before the deadline, probably. And yeah. then, but I mean, it's just like where you run out of things to talk about.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like That's we just like, went we on for an hour and twenty-ish minutes. And
1: yeah. Exactly. What that else was is like there? Two weeks of worth
0: yeah and like it should be and like we- two hours and a ha- two hour two hour episodes for should be two weeks like cause mm-hmm. yeah and that's what talking about the games like oh so yeah thank you guys for uh listening and watching social media is in the description go click it all go follow it all do your thing and we'll uh we'll see you guys soon peace, peace.